dwarfs are a natural fit for killing it at social media because they fit the algorithm really well. Makes total sense. Next up, what are the dwarves' natural allies? So this is the natural ally thing. This is the, like, it's not challenging because there's so much overlap. These are Mm -hmm. natural. And last week we talked about elves and hobbits being peanut butter Mm -hmm. and uh, chocolate. What's a dwarf peanut butter and chocolate? Fairies. Number one. It's got to be fairies. There's so much overlap there. So much complementary stuff. I mean, the social media is a great example of that. They really, you know, a dwarf and a fairy could live together and just maximize that social media algorithm. So if you're a dwarf and fairy listening and you'd like an online business, social media is really your zone. Yes, totally. The level of activity going on in that household is a lot. Um, I have mentioned this uh, comedian I like named Crystalia, who's a dwarf before, and he is married to a fairy, and he has a fairy mother as well, and he he's somebody who <clears throat> is, you know, it's it's family first, and it's his close pack of friends, and he doesn't give it up for many people, meaning like he's... He he's 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 one to just just give everybody shit except his lovely wife. He'll tease her right because a dwarf loves a rant, love a and rant. a dwarf loves a principle. So yes. if you are not in line with a principle, you get a rant. Absolutely. So he's and, not giving it up, meaning he's he's ready for a rant if yeah. you step out of line. Yeah, exactly. If you're not fo- following those principles, he's he's not for you. And you know, part of his comedy is actually. It's it's the it's the reverse of of honoring principles and having a rant about somebody not following principles, which is kind of rule breaky, and that's actually what he really loves about his fairy wife is that she's really innovative and rule breaky. They're right because fairies love to smash a taboo. They don't give a rip. Like about wherever it. that taboo is, they're gonna go for it and push to the other side. It's yes. like an inborn fairy movement is to yes. like gravitate towards the taboo yeah. to push through. So exactly. that's gonna be. A delight. I get it. Yeah. I can see it. Exactly. In their house, like Chris, Chris doesn't give you much information about his private life, except with this 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 family, and and especially with his wife. He has his longest video on YouTube. That's a personal video, other than like a comedian's video for his podcast. Is him following his wife around with all the decoration she put in the house, very decoration for Christmas, for his kid's birthday, for Halloween. You name it. These are long drawn out videos of him just delighting in her stuff so it's like her taking photos of their animals uh big big like eight by or i don't know 11 by 14 photos of the of the dogs that she put like little christmas hats on and elf hats on and she put like flying elves in the corner of the room above the christmas tree and he just thinks it's so quirky and cool um he also loves that it's his home and he's the provider for all of this stuff. He's showing off his riches. You know, he's showing off the riches and and the sort of extension of his being in his wife, in her decoration, in his kids, um, in right, what he can provide he for can everybody. Provide. Yes. And, th- and I want to say that's probably not, it sounds like a gender role, like a man wants to provide. Totally. No. But with dwarfs, it's not because a female dwarf would be the same pride Absolutely. of showing the riches of her money creating the 
the fulfillment of her family's desires. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. It's yeah. It's a principle. It's a principle. Absolutely. I follow a couple of dwarf women on Instagram who are, who love to show what they bought for their daughter for her birthday, you know? Um, and they just revel in it. They revel in her enjoying it. The fact that they got it for her, the fact that often it's like matching purses or something. Um, so yeah. And it's the, and, and with Chris's wife, her name's Kristen. Um, he, he loves like he loves her following her principles. So he 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 shouts at the rooftops that she's in school for psychology. Um, he loves her like he wants to hear he wants he puts her on the podcast. He doesn't put anybody on his podcast, but he'll put her on there because he wants to hear um, how she how, how she thought through the decorations, these kinds of things. So there's respect and a and a reverence for fairies that Chris doesn't give to anybody else. Maybe and his actually, brother, who's a gnome. Fairies probably don't get it many other places because no. people don't get fairies people don't get fairies because yes. they're breaking taboos they're so out of the box they're really innovative yeah. their way of doing things is they move really quick which comes off as chaotic yeah. and sporadic um so people miss the intelligence and the beauty um and the aliveness of that fairy system yes. but not a dwarf a dwarf is just in the dwarf's shoes, yeah. everything that fairy is doing is just l like playful, amazing, yes. so interesting, so clever. Yeah, yes. because a dwarf's not caring that they rock the boat. No, no, because they don't get rocked. The dwarf doesn't get rocked by that stuff. They're they're standing in their principles. They're, you know, Chris is Chris is very established in his life. He has his pathways. He eats the same <laughs> breakfast every day. He watches the same shows at night. And then within that, this fairy is just bringing all this color. My um, stepfather Cecil used to call my mother, who was a fairy, like this butterfly, this beautiful butterfly that just moves through his life so wonderfully and brings all this sparkle and color and um and gets him gets him you know just just a lot there's this aliveness that kind of his his day-to-day -day principled life it doesn't a little have patterned, that spontaneous you know? spark yeah, yeah so they're yeah. so i see the chocolate and peanut butter situation there yeah. so those fairies are just bringing in the spontaneity yeah. the sparkle the the social the playfulness yeah and yeah. and the dwarfs are just deeply so grateful and appreciated of it so that's that's it yeah yep. exactly yep. and they're having fun with that rule breaky stuff they're they're playing at those edges you know um i have another friend yeah it's interesting because when we're talking about dwarfs we're talking about principles not rules yes so as whereas the human avatar it's very rules it's rules and roles mm -hmm. but the the dwarf is a principle mm -hmm. it's like um you know Family is everything. Mm -hmm. um, integrity and honesty yeah. is and the loyalty. only thing that matters. Mm -hmm. Loyalty is king. So yeah. these are the dwarf principles. Yeah. And so that so that rule break of the fairy doesn't irritate or come nope. against yeah. that dwarf. They don't budge on it. You know, it's it's and they can they can play at those edges with those fairies more than any other avatar. I, th I think of like my friend who's married to a dwarf, she's a fairy, and they go on these like Harley Davidson rides. <laughs> you know, the Harleys are such a good example of like a dwarf pack. Yeah, because the, the Harley is the principal. Yep. And such like 
anti-establishment, so like anti-establishment. anti-rule, yeah. but really principled. Yes, you know? exactly. Exactly. Those Harley guys, they, you know, they, you, you do your ride every third Sunday in September and you show up and you're and the there at 5 a.m. community is everything. Yep. And your guys are your guys. And I remember yep. that beautiful, I don't think they exist anymore, but there's a whole chapter of Harley guys that they hear if a child's being abused or harmed. Yes. They park at their house at night and just in a circle yep. to let the child sleep without yes. being harmed with that a sense so of protector. Dwarf. Yes. That's yes. so dwarf yep. movement, yep. right? Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. yep. Okay, so then another natural ally to a dwarf is another dwarf. Another dwarf, absolutely. We had a, um, a fun ride in the truck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this summer we had a real summer vacation with a lot of our friends and family around. Uh, we have a community retreat every yeah. year that's really just a huge summer party. Mm-hmm. I mean, real summer, like lake and swimming and delicious food and Deep yeah. silence and stillness and just playing in the world of form without identification is so fun. Yeah, it's you really like to call authentic. it summer camp. Summer <laughs> for camp. Adults. Summer camp for adults. Yeah, but we went to the Oceano Dunes. That's yes. what you, Yeah. Yes. In the truck. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Watch Dwarf on Dwarf action. <laughs> <laughs> Oceano Dunes is kind of the only area in California where you can drive a truck and an RV and a camp camp basically camp on these expansive dunes <clears throat> so people have dune buggies and rvs and four-wheeled four-wheelers and uh, big dirt bikes on these i don't know i mean how big is this strip of beach it's really i don't actually long. know it's really it's long, really long. But it feels like a mile ride yes yeah. and I mean, it's rough. Like it, it's there's rocks and beach and water, right? So you're getting big creeks too, right? You creeks. can only cross yes into the dunes where, during low tide because the high tides will just come up like four feet. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. People go there in their trucks, and and I didn't really realize that they camped there, and they camped there for like a week in these conditions. They're like salt air is coming into your sand, sand. blowing on and, you twenty four seven. Yes, and. Um, and the noise of these dune buggies around and children crying and whatever. And the only dwarves who have the resiliency for this, like we really didn't see. I, maybe we saw some, a couple of hobbits smattered through there. It was but I'm hilarious gonna say, though, because we were in your hundreds truck. of trucks and yeah. RVs, almost all dwarves. And we're okay. So picture this, folks. So we're in the mm-hmm. truck and we're driving. And I have a badass truck. I have a you know yeah, she's got a four by four truck. big F Ford fifty, <laughs> definitely a dwarf truck. It would well, seem like okay, but we're in the car and we're driving yeah. and we're cruising down this you know like on one side of us is the ocean and we're on the dunes, and we are going by, like, camp after camp after camp. After camp, and the camps are made of these really big RVs, five or six or ten of them parked in a semicircle or a square, and and a huge dwarfy flag. Yeah, there's clan flags. Clan flags. Few hundred feet. Every few hundred feet, and it is it is literally just like as you drive along, you're just going camp, 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 and it's it's. All dwarfs, as far as I can see. Yep, yep, ninety-five percent dwarfs, and it's like it's basically a camp, 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 which you could just say tribe, 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 and then the whole place feels like one tribe. It's like a tribe of dwarves, and 
they're they're mostly what we could see in terms of what they were doing is they're playing with their toys. They're playing with their RVs. The kids are there's like five year olds on a four wheeler. There's um, and they're all you know they've usually got a drink in their hand. They're sitting and playing loud country music maybe, um, and we could see these sort of like walls of dwarves. It's almost like a dwarf like a dwarf uh, husband and wife would be sort of like scanning the periphery <laughs> they're sort of sitting on a wall of chairs these camp- those barbecues. camping chairs those yeah. beautiful little camping chairs and there's like eight of them sitting beside each other in a row looking out at the ocean yeah. with a beer in their hand really loud music on top of the really loud dune buggies yes. going yes. and you're and the sun is beating down and hitting off of these white rv big rv walls of white like the intensity of it totally and they are they're fine they're comfortable in their chairs and they're staring at all the toys going by and the trucks going by and uh you know not not not, maybe a little feeling of like a little judgment a little like (laughs) are you are you following the rules it's like it's as if you were sort of being watched by a police force a little bit like it's kind of it's kind of a lawless land but you don't need police there because they're police (laughs) yeah yeah i am sure they're keeping everybody you know, in shape around there. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, I think we that definitely felt out of place. Dak Shepard, who, who we talk about here a lot, married to Kristen Bell, he goes to these dunes yeah. and he rolls these dunes and he's an elf. Yeah. And I kept looking for like elf-like structures yes. in amongst the dwarf camps and saw none. Yes. It was all so much like, and there's like, you know, like, five wheelers that are set up as just a barbecue pit. Like the whole yes. five wheeler is just a barbecue pit. Yeah. And then there's another five wheeler beside it that has toys parked in it. And then another big, enormous 30 foot long RV. And then another, you know, yeah. like yeah, always so massive, just big, heavy equipment. They are not afraid of big, heavy equipment chains and uh, i mean <laughs> yes and, and they're putting up their own fences yeah there's no yeah. intimidation inside no. that dwarf so if you have a dwarf dwarf friendship yes relationship um is based in like let's execute these really intense playtime activities whether yeah. it's a big harley davidson ride or whether it's the oceano yes. dunes yes or whether it's you know like yep so funny, and I talk a lot about the Fast and Furious movies, where you just have like do all the dwarves meet together to yes. make a movie, and the movie is always going to include like yes. big machines and big cars and yes. loud things, and in the middle of the city, and I don't know where you get drag racing right downtown London, but in Dwarfland, that's what happens. You know, totally. I was just thinking about Leah Remini, who I've mentioned before, who's a dwarf, and her best friend is Michelle, Michelle Visage, who's also a dwarf, who's like the the um, right-hand woman for RuPaul on RuPaul's Drag Race. Big dwarf. Again, dwarf and fairy, right? RuPaul's the fairy. Michelle's the dwarf. Michelle's always coming in there with the principles. Did you guys, you know, stay up all night doing the sewing? Did you sew that yourself? It looks a little off, you know? There's a ragged um, edge yeah, on your gown. exactly. Um, but Leah and Michelle do these pack things together and these big, so if it's not like big, you know, trucks and toys, they go for a day, they go get their nails done, they go get a facial, they might go get some Botox, and they're going to go together. I've seen literally an Instagram of this, go get like a pap smear together. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and then post about it to say, BS, all the, all you ladies should do this Principles. too. Bring your friend. <laughs> and it's really interesting because those two gals are as Botoxed Botox yes. to the, I mean, 
Yeah. Like they almost put Madonna to shame. Yeah. The amount of Botox that they're like they're completely remade from Botox. Yeah. Yeah. And that is that dwarfy yes. way, right? Yeah. The intensity of like, I like this, keep doing it, you know. Keep doing it. And it's like no intimidation by how much maintenance, right? Like in nails every week and skin and facials and hair done every week and you know, or every day. I mean, <laughs> you know, they're getting up they, these guys the girls do their makeup every day, you know, no matter what. <laughs> okay so who is our third natural organic so much overlap ally to dwarf gotta be the gnomes Gnomes. gotta be the gnomes dwarf gnome combos yeah they're they're there's a lot of them my um i have a couple in my family my Stepfather Cecil, after my mom passed, found a dwarf partner instead of Marilyn. Sweet Marilyn. Sweet Marilyn. And they, man, they do everything together. They have so much in common. Um, They, they love like they love a long hike <laughs> they love um to watch like they both love star trek they both love to watch you know hours of star trek or star wars um they love a good meal that's like those like cecil loves his steak and potatoes and marilyn loves like her veggie lasagna and they have their they have like their recipes that they rotate through in a week um they they they're building they're rebuilding their home together right Cecil's doing everything he's making the cabinets he's putting in the appliances he's um painting he's building the drywall and Marilyn's picking out all the decor um she's taking her time and you know it's a little slower she's not gonna she's taking her time like making sure that paint color is just right and the it's, light fixture is just right it reminds me of like what we were talking about last week where you get two executors so the gnome is a real executor yeah. they want to be hands in they want to touch it they want to yeah. go for all the details and then you have a dwarf who is also a real executor absolutely in the heavy lifting sense of things yeah. and so you end up with one executor who's going to do heavy big foundational execution yes. and then one executor who's coming in with fine yes. tuned very specific detail throughout like that is yes. a really beautiful um you know yeah and and, and it's just a relationship because you're looking yes. at the same thing through the same filter almost of yes. how do we execute this yeah but like you said the, the dwarf will do that foundational stuff and then the gnome comes in with all that refinement it's it is like that chocolate and peanut butter right there's just this 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 um foundation that highlights and that really showcases the refined taste you know yeah you often really tell me lovely stories about your cousin becky yes and her totally. husband phil who are that same same thing dwarf yeah. gnome dwarf gnome exactly see um becky as the gnome has a lot more of the the kind of 360 view for the family like here's what the weekend could look like and then Phil is picking up the canoes and putting them in the water and making sure the kids have their helmets for the bike ride and um, packing the lunch. And, and But Becky has, has envisioned the lunch and has made the special sauce and, or made sure to pick it up that you know goes on the salad that is really, really, really tasty that the dwarf might not have, have, uh, have slowed Refined down enough those to find. subtle yeah. sensations. Yeah, and exactly. They, and if, the real, the only conflict that dwarves and gnomes have is lighting. <laughs> Lighting is really a real challenge. There's dwarves want huge, bright shop lights for everything. Yes. And a gnome likes that sensual mood lighting, right? They want to have, they they like a more like basement lighting. Becky and Phil are constantly going back and forth on their 
relating. You know what? Our next series will be the avatars where there's a natural challenge. <laughs> like the other avatars that we didn't mention, like yes. dwarves and humans or dwarves and elves. Yes. And we'll talk about uh, how you pollinate or, or how you navigate yes. those um, challenges. Totally. Like, like yeah. where you're where you have to move the relationship in order to make it uh, harmonious. Yes, exactly. So that'll be, we'll pick that up after this series, but that's totally. right. Lighting. Lighting. That's lighting. really their only major challenge. <laughs> when you're talking about dwarves and gnomes, also the great famous um, combination of Paul Hollywood and Prulith from yes. the Great British Baking Show. And I don't know about you guys, if it is like we're mad about that show. We mad about it. Love it. it. Yep. And we've watched all the episodes numbers of times. <laughs> yes. It's, it's phenomenal. It's so good. It's, it's so good. It's so uplifted and so low as we like to talk about low pain body. There's not there's not a lot of drama. There's no drama. No, there's <laughs> a lot of love. trying to uplift each other, love yeah. each other. But then it's really well curated and well produced and yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of things we love about it. But yes. at the real fulcrum edge of that is that dwarf Paul Hollywood yep. with extreme principles around yes. baking. Yes. And Paul has been there the whole run of the show. There's been very resilient. Yes, very resilient, Not very principled. Get... He's like, I'm in this I'm in this place and I'm gonna this is my family. This and is there's what I'm gonna a do. lot they do. It, yes. it is a huge because it's not just the British Bake Off show, those of you listening, they're like you know there's like the Great British with comedians, and then there's the Raising yes. for Cancer, and then there's the ones with kids or whatever. Yep. That, so they're constantly, and it's a, and each episode, I think it, it takes like it's a long film day, yeah. And exhausting, and yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, they shoot a lot of material for those shows, and it's it's in the summer in a tent, and yeah, you know, can and be so quite these limited. two are right there in the heart of it, yep. showing up. For that resilience, because a gnome is also so resilient. So resilient, exactly. Not quite as resilient as a dwarf, but with a dwarf yeah. kind of blocking the wind for them. Yes, exactly. They can come in from behind. Yes. And they're the, the judges, so to speak, although it's not very judgmental. Uh, Paul, a little more so. <laughs> and um, But they also set up the challenges, and they they support and give, give tips along the way for these amateur bakers. And... You know, at the end of each challenge, there there's this sort of meeting where Paul and Prue come and they taste whatever they've made, and they they give their opinion. Um, and there's a there's a famous thing with Paul Hollywood called the Paul Hollywood handshake, right? Where if you get this handshake, it's like people just the bakers feel like they died and went to heaven. That's all they really wanted. They could they they would even like give up winning if they could just get a, a Paul Hollywood handshake. And really, yeah, exactly. That handshake because represents principle. the principles. Yeah. You mastered the principles. Principles of this of baking this. Yes, you hit this principle, this principle, this principle. So you get the handshake. It isn't even always for the best taste. No, no, it's exactly. It's like you executed it so so well, and you hit all those foundations. Yeah, I, I saw the flakiness in the crust. Yes. I saw that it wasn't too dark. I saw that it was you know blah blah blah. Because yep. there could be another one that Prue is like, this is so tasty. Can yeah. I get a recipe? But yeah. they don't get a Paul handshake because <laughs> they don't make they didn't make the principles right. No, but they but the, Prue and Paul go so well together because Prue comes in with that deep appreciation and the sensual thing. She'll actually sit and savor the food. Paul, not so much. He's He takes the bread that they made. He's ripping it apart. He's looking at the structure. He's seeing if it fits those principles. Whereas she is 
like taking a sip of a drink with it. She's putting some in her pocket. <laughs> She's just enjoying yeah, it so and much. She really can, gets the depth of it. Yeah, and if someone brings a really innovative flavor yes. or does some real depth of something or, or does a really innovative, non-traditional way to get a really great result, yeah. proves all in. Yes. So if it was just Paul, just the dwarf, it would be too angular, too sharp, too... Yes. And it'd actually be easy to hack yep. because you just get the principles down. But by bringing Prue in, you add so much depth to yeah. the breadth. Absolutely. And that depth comes in of like surprise us or bring in this or yes to um, do older recipes from the 20s and the 30s and you know have people be introduced to flavors and and uh, spices they didn't they didn't really know before paul not so much you know yeah. he's got his frameworks that he kind of repeats and um do they hit the mark you know not they're not as much of a creative enterprise there it's sweet it's too, great because combo. if they think of those two combo too i can think of the way i might appreciate or admire Paul, which is that he's so resilient, he's so incredibly, um, you know, he's prolific with his cookbooks oh, yeah. and his shows. And and there's a way that you can just really respect his loyalty, his integrity, his, you know, those yeah. things, right, that he radiates it. But then, wow, am I such a huge fan of Prue and um, the amount of different foods and different, you know, like she's she's run – her own business quite young in catering mm. and grew it very big mm. at a young age and very quickly with bringing in new caterers and then really interested in helping advance young female chefs to have great careers. Right. And then she's been down in the trenches in like, like big massive hotels in China and like Shanghai mm. and stuff being the head chef and just the heat and the mm. doing it. And then like, and then somewhere else, like she's just got such a depth of, experience yeah. and um yeah i recently yeah. saw her and her husband went on a american road trip mm. tasting american foods <laughs> and and just like what they loved and what they didn't yes. you know and i'm always down for her opinion like you yes. are with those gnomes yes. right like you, you really want it they, exactly they have so much experience because they put their hands and their their whole senses into something yeah yeah so it's you know really they've rich. and they've researched it with their bodies with their full being yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. There's so much there. Okay, so nat those are the natural allies. Um, and I think we've got just elves left, and then we'll move into, like, the natural yes. challenges. <laughs> yes. But while we're talking about that, I just recently did an interview um, with Simply Awake Angelo um, Deluo, um, that he's a gnome, mm. and, and you can really see when you're when you're with him the depth, you know, mm. and his interest. Yeah. And it was actually really kind of sweet because, um, you know, I think sometimes this work, we're like chatting away, we're talking so much about material form, mm. we're talking so much about like, you know, this is an avatar and this is your habit, but people can be like, from the non-dual community can be like, well, isn't that a lot of identification? Yeah, yeah. Right? Isn't yeah. that a lot of story yeah. that you're telling about a person? Yeah. 
And, um, you know, there's a certain point in the journey where it's just so important and so beautiful to let go of those identifications and let go Mm -hmm. of those stories. And certainly a huge amount of our work in our bigger classes is pointing out those subtle layers of story Mm -hmm. and climbing up under them. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't change the fact that when the you disappears or Mm -hmm. that separation between Mm -hmm. me and life dissolves, and you open into a vaster field of freedom and fulfillment and clarity. And formlessness. And mm-hmm. formlessness. Yeah. That, that, that the form is still here. The form is still here. Yeah. And there is an authentic rhythm to yes. that form. And the closer our awareness can come to what is those authentic movements, the less story Yes, exactly. It's not a story. It's not an identity. It's a built-in way of moving. Yes. That formlessness moves that way. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And there is a point of integration that is required. And there was a real sweet movement, I think, between in this recent interview between Angelo and I, because Angelo is in a very still space and you see that beautiful emptiness in his Mm. being and his simple beingness. Right. Mm. And I'm, of course, you know, I've been awake a very, very long time (laughs) and I've been, you know, lots of people think, lots of people would say like extraordinarily aware of of vast states of consciousness, but I'm very integrated. Mm-hmm. And it's actually rare to find yeah. someone who's so integrated as we are. Yeah. Um, but that integration, like it's almost like the deeper you get, the more integration comes back. It's yeah. like the the Zen story of like, you know, you lose the mountain, but then you come back to the mountain. Yes. You lose the marketplace and you come back to the marketplace. Yes. But coming back to the mountain or coming back to the marketplace is without identity now. Yes. yes. It is without story. So it's like, yes, whether it's Ramana Maharshi or whether it's Gangaji or whether it's Ajashanti, there's still a body and a personality. It yes. didn't go anywhere. Yeah. And so this kind of understanding the authentic rhythms and and this it's like what are those natural inborn alliances Mm -hmm. and where are those overlaps Mm -hmm. and we can go into what are those natural challenges Mm -hmm. which are so beautiful Mm -hmm. and how do you navigate the natural challenges Mm -hmm. um and all of this is actually to help you find the storyless place yeah yeah the effortless place which actually uh, you find more fulfillment, more riches there for your form, for your being without a story. Yeah, because there's more space for the source, the vast field mm-hmm. that is breathing your lungs, that is, mm-hmm. you know, right here, right now, the saliva in your mouth, the hair growing in your mm-hmm. all over your body, right? That's coming from a field of energy, not from a you. Mm-hmm. But it's still comes from that field of energy, even when you exit stage left (laughs) and understanding that from this place of deeper awareness, one can move so effortlessly that you get the resource of this bigger field, Mm -hmm. not the simple resource of your mind, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whether your mind is like, I am this person or this human, or your mind says, this is what awakening is. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Or this is what identity Mm -hmm. is. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like to get free of all of that. Yes. All of those subtle layers. And so it's really 
Whether you are interested in awakeness or not, the more authentic your system moves, Mm -hmm. the more resource it begins to move with. Mm -hmm. And that is not resource you created. That's the resource that is here. And that creates this intelligence, clarity, fulfillment, Mm -hmm. aliveness. Mm -hmm. And it begins to help you integrate. There's a lot of us on the journey that are in a lot of our community Mm -hmm. that is very, very awake. Mm -hmm. And there's a point of which you actually have to get in the car and pick up the kids. And that's from day one. Mm -hmm. And so how does the awakeness itself get in the car and pick up the kids? Mm -hmm. This, like being able to integrate like this, you need that integrated place. And so... I think it's also worth mentioning that we're chatting away. We laugh. It's Mm -hmm. so much focus on this material form Mm -hmm. from this invitation for you to find authenticity internally Mm -hmm. and that there's a point of integration. And and Megan, I can mirror for you what a very Mm -hmm. integrated awake being is. Mm -hmm. We're not this bliss ninny, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. just sort of popped out. Mm -hmm. Eye blinkers. Eye blinkers. (laughs) And we're, but we're also like, like, which is, we're also not like there's these, all these beautiful teachers. And Angelo is a really beautiful teacher with a great book and great awakening movements Mm because awakening is really valuable there. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just a very, spacious still expression of being which is important and beautiful and on the other spectrum a really integrated being yeah um is is me (laughs) very integrated over here um and so along that spectrum wherever you may fit or even as i like to say in our courses Mm -hmm. in our classes the emphasis is not on awakeness the emphasis is on fulfillment yeah and authenticity mm-hmm. and what it is to be in an effortless place. And we have these layers and layers and layers of should. Mm-hmm. And then when you're looking at the dwarf system, mm-hmm. you could point to it and say, you have so much should, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. it's like, well, if you have that avatar, land in your shoulds, yeah. you know, just yeah. own those principles and watch that effortlessness come in yeah. and watch that identity blow off yeah. and watch that like exhale and breathe of ease and yes. more fulfillment fall in. So, And if you are a dwarf, it actually doesn't feel like a should in your shoes because no. it's so delicious to have the shape of those principles. That's authentic. You know, it's just from another point of view. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's you have to discover for yourself what's story, what's 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 been put on you, um, versus the authentic shape. What's authentically yeah. here? Yeah, yeah. If, yeah. if you yeah, if it's none of your business, what's Mm-mm. authentically here? Yeah, and that can be so fun to explore. Totally. I mean, it's so fun. So fun. Oh, there's nothing I mean, it's funner, so fun. and it's so available for everybody. Yeah, you know, there's no you don't need to be it's spiritual part, or it's part of why our summer retreat series is so fun. Yes. You end up with this big group of people, yes. mostly many very awake, but it's irrelevant. It's irrelevant. Um, just a lot of vast, deep resource of source and stillness mm-hmm. playing just going playing. to the freaking dunes and doing swimming their in the lake yes. and having a great barbecue following what they're being is delicious finds delicious yeah. yeah yeah exactly what's better than that yeah yeah right enough said see you next time see you next time thank you for listening we obviously love hearing what you think your feedback helps us make 
a better show for you to listen to. So feel free to comment and you can do it at Facebook, which is the Humans Decoded Podcast with Kieran Joyce and Megan Rokel. And um, if you're not on social, you can always email any questions to us at outreach at kierantrace.com. And um, thanks for listening. We love you. Thanks, everybody. Love you. Bye.